Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen. I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 17 of The Resistance, titled... Oh, jeez. Guys, I've got a problem. Um, what was the title again? Sorry, core, I'm blanking. Oh, problem? I think it was the core it's, problem. Oh, that was the problem I had. Got it. Thank you. Yes, the core problem. But, as usual, we've got a couple of announcements. William, why don't you tell us about those? Yeah, so uh, exciting news. Both Episode 9 and The Mandalorian have wrapped production. So they finished shooting uh, to celebrate J.J. Abrams shared a photo of Ray and Finn and Poe hugging. Uh, yeah, the, the, the last Skywalker, uh, the last movie in the Skywalker saga is, is done shooting. So we just have, uh, what, 10 months to go until we get to see how it all ends. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Uh, pretty exciting, and of course, the Mandalorian as well. Speaking of those two, um, Lucasfilm announced that Triple Force Friday will be on October fourth, and that's the day when all the merchandise for Episode Nine and the Mandalorian and the upcoming game Jedi Fallen Order will go on sale. So that'll be a big, big nice. night for collectors, and uh, I'm sure we'll get a lot of uh, books and other good stuff that day it, as well. It's going to be the hardest thing not to keep your wallet closed during that time frame. <laughs> oh, that's for sure. Do you really especially, want to, Tom? especially the Lego set <laughs> that they just announced from, um, the, from the resistance that, that trip yeah. high fighter. Oh God, man. Go. Yeah. And they've also got a, uh, who is it? Major Von Reg, the, you know, the red tie pilot, uh, his tie interceptor. Although I think I saw, I did see an article that was, it sounded confusing. Like the TIE Interceptor isn't called the TIE Interceptor. It's called something different. And a completely different ship is called TIE Interceptor. It's crazy. But regardless, there's some good looking sets in the new uh, Lego lineup for this year. I'm excited. We're getting new Legos. What more do you want? Yes. Well, and, and the oh, stuff Tom, coming out. Don't, I will put together a very detailed oh, no. list of all the Legos that I would very much like. Oh, to have oh I, I agree. I think I think your, your list and my list would probably be exactly the same. Well, yeah. and by way of the amount. Yes. Yeah. And the, the stuff coming um, on October 4th, I'm sure will be even more cool. New things we could never have imagined from those three new, well, the, two, the, the movie, the television series, and, uh, of course, the video game. So mm -hmm. really cool to see that they're doing all that. I'm excited to see the kind of merchandise they have. It sounds like they're going to go big with Jedi Fallen Order, too, which we weren't really sure about. Well, it's not a surprise, given it's the last Star Wars game standing at this point. So, Unfortunately. Yeah. Everything else has been canceled or delayed to infinity. But um, also, a couple more details uh, after the last episode. We were trying to figure out uh, the name of Nomura. We thought it might be the Bothan. In fact, it's not the Bothan. So we were wrong. It's the, the Nautilan, who we've seen occasionally. Um, also, a couple other fun facts. The bacon was puffer pig bacon that they were eating. Oh! Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, um, apparently, uh, the, the map of the star system showed Dagobah, Jakku, Tuan Kiti, uh, Takodana, and Jeddah. Some fun facts there for eagle-eyed viewers. And, uh, in an original draft of the script, 
uh, Cal and Elia were actually going to attempt this meditative technique known as Mudra G to keep the stormtrooper unconscious, but uh, instead they just decided to knock him on the head, which I think actually works better. So I think it makes it it makes it funnier. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But uh, we're not talking about the new trooper. We're talking about the core oh, no. problem. So Tom. Tell us uh, about this episode. Well, see, there's a problem going on in the core, and it's called the core problem. This was written by Kevin Burke and Chris Doc Wyatt, and this was directed by Sal Ruiz. In this episode, we find Poe and Kaz. They seek out an area in the unknown regions that their intel on the First Order is pointing to. After the unsettling discovery of multiple cord and broken planets, they must evade a series of First Order pilots in order to to make it back alive. What I'm really enjoying about this point of the season, they are really moving this episode and season forward. And we now know how Poe is able to get BB-8 from this episode. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking yeah. for, for a while about how close Didn't? we could be to the to the Force Awakens, right? Yeah. And now we Hang can on. find out. Steven? Go ahead. I So isn't doesn't the Poe Dameron comic, which takes place before episode seven take place like in the six months before episode seven so i i thought so and yes uh however um someone accurately pointed out that in issue 26 i don't remember the there off the top of my head i apologize in, in issue 26 of the poe dameron comic poe actually mentions that he had to make a detour to pick up bb-8 before heading to jakku so this apparently uh -huh. was it uh, hmm. i thought bb-8 was with him the whole time i have to go back and reread the poe dameron comic uh, but apparently he was not, or, you know, Poe came a couple times, and uh, I think he took BBA on one mission, so that could that could explain it all. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so um, very cool. We find out, well, uh, Kaz tries to summon Poe with his, his hacked-together yeah. uh, radio, and uh, it, it kind of blows up in his face. It, it clearly doesn't work. Um, the, the, the thing... Uh, that looked like Kaz's type of, uh, what do you call it? That was Kaz's, uh, I'm, you should just rewind it. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, the <laughs> funny thing there Kaz is that like, Kaz. It, it is, yes. and, and Kaz can't even repair a ship. He tries, oh. we, you know, what was it last week? He was actually trying to get out there and repair the ship, but it, mm -hmm. it was still wrong. Uh, so I think it's funny that he thinks he can do a long range communications device that can punch through the first order jams, uh, comm jam. Um, but, um, I, it was, it led to a funny moment where, you know, Yeager is very skeptical and all of a sudden Kaz hears Poe's uh, voice and he, he gets all excited thinking that the transmission went through when in fact Poe is standing, what, 10 feet behind him. Well, I, I think the funny thing was, it was almost like Kaz's reaction was, oh my God, it's almost like you're as clear as a bell. It's almost like you're standing behind me. Yeah. And you're right. He was like 10 feet behind I, I just, I, I thought that whole thing was funny, especially, you know, Jaeger is very encouraging. He's going, I don't think it's going to work. Kaz oh, was I, like, sure it is. I just appreciated Kaz is like, oh, uh, it's me, Kaz. I mean, the lone wolf. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, funny. That's, uh, a little late at that point, I think. Yeah. Maybe you should have kept your cover earlier, but. Uh, Crazy uh, talk. Yeah. But that, that's what we find out. Poe is there to pick up BB-8. Because tomorrow he's headed to Jakku on a mission for General Leia. So, okay, so here's a good question. 
with the First Order literally making its presence known on the Colossus, how did Poe get on it? And the other, the only one little thing that kind of bothered me about this episode, he left CB-23 in the X-Wing flying around the planet. Okay, if the First Order is really making its presence known, known on the Colossus, how did he get on the planet and not have his X-Wing spotted? I... I, get I mean, the, it works. I mean, it works. Suspension of disbelief for me totally I, works. I get the impression that the First Order is really only monitoring in the immediate vicinity, vicinity around the Colossus Station. Because, okay. you know, we see as, as they make their escape, uh, once they leave the Colossus, they're, they're not really all that worried about the First Order detecting them at all. That's true. Yeah, that's uh, true. And so I suspect that maybe he just flew nearby. We never quite get the answer of, as to how he got on, but sure, getting on is probably easier than... Uh, on the onto the class is probably easier than getting out. Um, well, te- technically, to a certain extent, we hear at the end of the episode when Kaz j- started to jump to the end. But when Kaz does sit there and question Poe, how am I going to get back on the platform? And basically, Poe just says, "CB twenty three knows how." So there is a way for him to get on that CB twenty three knows. But what I found very funny is how they were getting off the platform. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Before we get to that, I actually want to talk about yeah. CB twenty three a bit more and BB eight. So. Uh, they make it pretty clear that this is the this is the end of BB-8 uh, on the on the series. Mm-hmm. Maybe BB-8 will come back, but I don't know about you guys. I'm pretty skeptical. Like, I don't know. I he's not coming back. I don't think he's coming back. Yeah, I, I think I think he's it. I think this is it. I agree. And so, why do you think? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure the answer is 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 pretty obvious but why do you think they didn't just start with cb23 from the beginning why why would poe give up his personal droid to to they to they needed a familiar face i yeah, don't think there's I, any i agree there's no in-universe reason for it beyond <laughs> they needed the familiar face i think to get the show started yeah i i completely agree because they they it's very hard although they well they kind of did it with rebels they ended up bringing ahsoka in at a certain point because they really weren't familiar faces at that that stage. But I think for this one, to make the connection with a younger audience, they needed to bring in BB-8. Absolutely. I honestly think that's exactly it. And I, you know, they might have BB-8 cameos here and there, but I think CB-23 is the new uh the new BBA right. on the show. Well, I don't I think I don't think there's any more cameos. No, I agree with Steven because I think go ahead. I was gonna say, so we know, you know, Poe and BB-8 are off to Jakku, which is, I believe, where Episode Seven begins, right? Yep. Right. Like, from there, what's going to happen? Well, let's see. Uh, Poe is going to get captured by the Resistance. Episode Seven happens immediately after Episode Eight happens, and I don't think we're going to get anything that's post Episode Eight uh, before Episode Nine comes out. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have a feeling. Uh, you know, I'm presumably there's some sort of time gap between eight and nine. Um, I'm just assuming we're going to end up seeing some of that time period in season two ish, maybe of the resistance. Mm-hmm. And I also I think, think so it too. would be kind of hard to have BB eight come back on the platform and explain how you can have BB eight and CB 23 on the platform at the same time, or have them bounce back and forth to where one disappears. One comes back. Mm-hmm. You could only see him with Poe, with the resistance, you can't see him back on the platform. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's very possible that they, you know, the, that 
Resistance season two starts and the first half of the season, we don't see BB eight because they don't want to reveal what happens to him mm-hmm. um, in episode nine. And then once episode nine hits theaters, then maybe we could see some of that time between eight and nine in resistance. But it also be to see just how long the show spends in those, that short period of time during force awakens and yeah. uh, yep. the last day, especially after given how fast the series has been moving. But we now know They've pretty much traveled those six months, and we are now at the day of the Force Awake of the of the Force Awakens, which is mm-hmm. extremely, extremely exciting to me. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. the nice the nice thing about this episode is we finally get to see why the First Order is so interested in the Colossus, because I think Poe gets to find out from Kaz because Kaz actually did some spying work that it appears from Kaz's intel that the First Order is going to prevent the Resistance from using the Colossus as a refueling stop. Yeah, it's interesting that Poe seems far less concerned about that, I think, than anyone else was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he was more concerned was it was about the, about the fleet. Because I think Kaz brought up there's a fleet out there, but it wasn't so much about the fuel depot thing. Poe almost seemed to not really believe that there was a, a massive fleet, which is odd given how, you know how I think Poe of all people would do mm. would, would seem to think that's the case. But it's an interesting line where he does sit there and tell Poe tells Kaz that, you know, Leia doesn't like surprises. Mm. And that's, so, that's the excuse I think to go. Yeah. To go investigate. Yeah. Yeah. But th- th- this is the thing I find very funny is, okay, so we were trying to figure out how he got on the platform, but we find out how Kaz and Poe decided to go off the platform to go into the unknown region that Kaz found. And it's a, it's a little move called the Widowmaker. Now, one of the best lines was Kaz and they're saying, Widowmaker, I'm not even married. <laughs> Terrible line. Yeah. yeah. Well, didn't, did, didn't they actually animate Jaeger kind of put his hand to his head and shake it? Like, I, Oh my God, I can't believe he said that. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. I, I just, you got to give sometimes that props to the animators for doing little touches like that because we were talking about earlier how they have, you know, in universe, uh, like the birds and the fish and make it a real universe. To have the characters do stuff like that also makes it a real universe. Just little touches, just beautiful. Yeah. 100%. We started to allude to it earlier, but Stephen, what are your thoughts on, on their escape from the Colossus? <clears throat> yeah, Where go ahead. Again. Where to begin? Um, it's it's kind of tough, I think, because on the one hand, uh, I like the use of the breath mask with Poe. Mm. Um, and on the other hand, you know, I just, I don't know. It's, I don't, I feel like, like you kind of alluded to this, William, but like, I don't quite get what the First Order is doing, where like, are they not monitoring like airspace around the Colossus? Like, I don't think Poe and, you know, the fireball were that far off. So like, right. I don't know. It raises some interesting questions in my mind. I thought it was like, there's definitely some questions about how their radar technology works for sure. And and how good of a job the first order is doing. But on the whole, I, I thought the, the scene was pretty cool. It was very reminiscent of empire strikes back where they, they basically yes. land the fireball on top of this freighter that's leaving the the station, and they hide on it. 
so they can kind of get out of uh, you know out from the the first order's sensors. And once they're far enough away, as the ship's starting to you know go up into space, um, Kaz detaches the fireball. And then it has to go meet up with Poe's X-Wing. Unfortunately, the fireball, as uh, you would expect, uh, doesn't actually start very well. And well, not they, on the first try. Yeah, and then, well, or second or third or fourth. And yeah. they almost, almost plummet yeah. into the water. Gotta say, that was a nice rooster typical. tail. And yeah. that was a nice rooster tail they left on the surface of the water, by the way. Yeah. Um, which, of that, again, was, was, you know, added some nice tension uh, but the, the I just had that question about like you, Stephen. How did the first order not detect their free fall for that long? And or does it detect them at any point throughout the episode? Well, really, I think yeah. I, I think this goes back to a line from you know episode four, New Hope, where you know Luke Skywalker sitting there saying, "I don't see anything." And what was it? Red Leader saying, "Pick up your visual scanning." Scanning. Uh, I don't think the uh, first order has any visual scanning. <laughs> yes, they're That's missing right. a number of things. I think like that. Yeah. yeah. Also, or or they just don't think that somebody's going to do this to them, and they just don't, and and they're just oblivious that something like this can happen. Yeah. Also, I thought the the it was, I mean, Poe Dameron must have some crazy hand strength because he oh, yeah. <laughs> hung so onto the on. ship as it like you know rocketed up into the atmosphere uh, with like he was like holding on to this grip one handed. I'd probably just like fly off into the ocean. That guy's dude's strong. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. Poe Dameron for you, everybody. Yeah. Able to hang on to a ship one-handed. Um, so, of course, they get into Poe's ship and take off into the unknown regions. And uh, this is pretty cool. We, we, we get our first glimpse at the Dassel system. Um, it's not named in the, in, the epi- in the episode, but the episode Guided calls it the Dassel system. And they arrive, and it's, again, kind of like a new hope where, you know, there's the system is pretty much gone. There, There's no star, and all of the, the planetoids in the system have been cored out and are in various states of disarray. Okay, Indeed. so, so the, the question that comes to mind in, in this case, do you think those planets were cored out because they were trying to make new star killer bases and they were trying to find the best planet for it? Mm-hmm. Or do you think that that maybe this was a test range for the star killer weapon? I'm assuming it's a test range. Really? Really? It, really? Yeah. Did you not think it was a test range? I, I, I took it as more prototype star killer bases where they kept I, trying to core through the planet and it would destroy yeah. the planet. And so they'd have to start over, and they had to get they had to get to a core, to a point where they could core successfully without, you know, disable or uh, disrupting the structural integrity. And I think two of the clues, one of them was definitely the core of the planet they had to fly through that had the gravity well, and two I think was the first planet they came in. It was almost like on the equatorial line there was a big trench. So if I uh, read that wrong. But but they, it was like huh. for me that was like the two clues that kind of show that mm-hmm. they were trying to use that system to find Starkiller Base. Then again, it got, or build it. Stephen, you also could be right though. It could it could be both because the sun is gone, which means they were powering That's up. True. That's Star yeah. Killer I was gonna base. say that the sun being gone is what I took as a clue. Mm-hmm. Um, which also implies that Starkiller Base is mobile. I think, which is interesting. But like logically, I think it had to be given that uh, you know. 
they're like once they've sucked up one son, you got to go and find mm, another. Go somewhere else. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Very, very interesting. And uh, one of those planets was named. We don't know which one, but one of those planets was named Nadrava, uh, which was formerly a mountainous planet. So. Yeah, they've uh, really destroyed a lot of the stuff. I also loved when they entered that cord out planetoid. Mm-hmm. How, uh, as they're going through, they they basically have to ride the gravity well waves because as you get toward the center of the planet, the gravity gets all crazy uh, mm-hmm. and cause some very interesting asteroids. And you can see like the spiral, almost like a flushing toilet or something. Yep. Uh, really, really cool and unique. Yeah, it was a neat touch. Yeah. Which which also, again, as I say, you call attention to something, you have to pay it off later. It really helped that they did that because it pays off later. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll get to that shortly. But uh yeah. also the scene where they're trying to get out of that uh the gravity well in the middle of the planet. Very Battle of Hoth esque uh the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I appreciated as well. Oh man, I missed that. I wasn't yeah. paying attention to the music. I was watching the I was watching the show. Kinda like, you know, that style. Um, but uh, I think things get even more interesting when they discover a faint signal from the moon and go to investigate. Uh, okay, Tom, your thoughts? so the the aban- okay the abandoned settlement. Um, there was a Tuca doll there. Do you think that the, on that abandoned settlement it was just there, or do you think there are some Twi'leks there, or did they get to any kind of clue even within an episode guide? what that settlement was for or is it just like oh yes oh okay and steven do you have any theories before we unfortunately no so this is interesting um so so there's this there's this settlement that's been abandoned and then clearly uh people have been wiped out and there's this as you mentioned there's this tuga doll on the floor which means there were kids here too um uh, a lot of people are guessing that this could be tahar where ella and cal are from uh, if you look closely, good you know, point. When there's that symbol oh. in the village. Uh, you know, there's that one. You get that one shot of the of the of the village tower, and there's a symbol on it. It's the exact uh-huh. same symbol as one of the bracelets that the kids wear, which seems to imply that, is, that might be their hometown. Never that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Never put the two two and two together. Also, if you look at the architectural style, this is where things get even more interesting. Um, it doesn't look all that dissimilar from uh, Luke's Jedi Temple, which we see in flames uh, in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Uh, if, you, if you take a close look, it has very similar types of domes and um, with stuff sticking out. Um, it, there are theories that it also might not just be Tahar. It could be the source, the, the site of Luke's Jedi Temple uh, or one with similar architecture because I believe there were... Mm-hmm. Similar that'd be really that'd be an interesting twist if the kids are dis- uh, i don't know like descendants or well okay very- then, th- there's two things okay one if kaz somehow has a two dollars hands in the next episode and the kids see it mm-hmm. and then they sit there and go oh you found it or where'd you get that then boom there's the clue of it was their planet exactly and it could be even one of theirs I would right. not put it past the show. Right. Or two, if it was theoretically state, it was Luke's temple, 
that would be a total, total like. Um, I can't say what I wanted to say, but wow, if it ended up being the Skywalker Temple, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they'd go that far. I, yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, I, I, I think that the safer bet is it's going to be the kids' planet, or at least their settlement. Yeah, especially given the icon, I think that seems more likely. But the yeah. Luke's Jedi Temple connection is interesting for sure. Uh, absolutely i mean the fact that kaz is holding on to the tuka doll throughout the entire mm. episode which is a bit odd it right? is he never really lets it go even in the midst of a battle um means yeah. that they One really wanted we... that tuka doll i think to have some importance mm-hmm. in a future episode and, and i was going to say in the middle of a battle in which he still cannot fire a blaster mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll get to that no, he can but... fire a blaster he can he just trips and accidentally shoots it yeah, and on top of that, he's shooting, he's shooting BB-8 too, and Poe and Poe even says, "You know, could you hit the right droid?" Yeah. Anyway, sorry, you're not bitter, are you, Tom? I'm not bitter. I just find it funny. You sound slightly bitter, Tom. I'm not okay. Bitter. He was hitting okay. BB-8. He was hitting BB-8 for no reason. Okay, so here's the thing: when it comes to the probe, did you guys picked it up off the bat? That was an Imperial design, correct? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's the thing. If if Poe is a guy who's supposed to be in the resistance, don't you think you would have put two and two together and at least figured that was part Imperial droid? Oh, my God, this is first. I mean, he was being shot at, Tom. Well, he was being sh- and it had kids. What's being shot at? It's OK. I, I like know. that concept of this. This pro- it's a new style of probe droid. It's the first order probe droid. And it opens up to have these little training remote like things. Which was so cool. Uh, yeah. It's a very cool concept and helps uh, kind of distract uh, attackers from the main, from the mother, the main probe droid. Um, very cool, very cool concept. And it's also possible that just Poe hasn't seen it before, right? It's, it's, uh, it's a new style of probe droid that we, we haven't seen. And maybe, it's maybe possible, Poe has It's possible, but anything. the head design just screamed Imperial probe droid. You know, Tom... We know that. No, they may not. It's okay. I know. I know. It's just a cartoon. Yes. I know. Yes. It's okay, Tom. It's okay. Um, be okay. I know. Yeah. yeah. But, Deep you know, Poe gets, po gets distracted by the kids while BB-8 tries to stop the mother probe from getting away. And in the process, uh, it's kind of like, I thought it was cool. BB-8 was like hanging on to the pillar and to the probe droid, like, hang, you know, bouncing around in the middle uh, on, the, on its wires. And, uh, and being course, shot at by Kaz. Yeah, jeez. Kaz, walk <laughs> around BB-8 and then shoot the probe droid. Yeah, just too complicated. He's just going to shoot and hope it works, okay? Or yeah. trip and then magically hit the probe droid's eye and insta-kill it. Yeah, and then and then you got to love the line going, I knew you'd hit the right one eventually. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, no, it, it doesn't take long in the first order shows up a few moments later confirming that it was a first order probe droid. Uh, and of course they start shooting. My big biggest question is why weren't the ties just shooting their ships on the ground? Like shoot the X-wing, shoot the, uh, shoot the fireball and then they can't escape. Right. Wouldn't they be the first targets? Because how are they going to get back to the Colossus if the ships got destroyed? Oh, stop being so logical Tom with story reasons for things. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay, Tom. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. But it actually made for a great flight scene and fight scene when they got off the planet. I mean, yeah. 
It works. It was. It was cool because, you know, they go right back into that cord planet and uh, they really knock Major Von Reg for a loop uh, and were able to take out the other ties, uh, allowing them to escape at the last moment. It was very, very cool looking. Again, kind of like, you know, uh, into the asteroid field, but mm-hmm. with a twist. Which was really, was good. really nice. Yeah. Uh, and of course. So what did you guys think of the uh, droid swap? Because this is where we actually got to see BB-8 go back with Poe. I thought it was nice. I mean, they're they're trying yes. to to say what goodbye to BB-8. Steven? I, I thought that was a decent send-off. It, like, it wasn't a full episode type send-off, but, you know, it was a nice acknowledgement of, hey, like, it's a, it's been a big thing, you know? Have a BB-8 here. Yeah. And it was well, cute. It, it was cute because they even did a, did a wave goodbye to each other in Zero G as they passed by. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was cute, and I think it's just supposed to score, you know, um, underscore the fact that BB 8s kind of leaving the the show, and uh, I'm very very curious to see how CB twenty three is going forward. We've had, we've seen CB twenty three in previous episodes, but never mm-hmm. never extensively. And if you remember, BB eight and CB twenty three didn't get along well at first. Of course, they're yeah. friends now. Um, so we'll, we will we will see. The thing I found most fascinating that was at the very end of the episode. Yep. Uh, Tam is, you know, furious that Kaz is once again MIA. And, you know, when there's work to be done, you got to repair those tri-manifolds on the ship that are out of sync. Um, she uh, she starts getting very, very suspicious uh, when, when Kaz shows up out of the blue. And Yeager doesn't really care. And, and the funny thing is, even Jaeger tells her, there are certain things you just won't understand. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I mean, this is, you're trying to figure out who the actual spy. Okay, so here's the thing. Do you think it's not so much Tam as a spy, but Tam could just inadvertently go to the first order and say something's not right? I think it could be. I think she could, they could I, turn her into an adversary accidentally. Steven? I think so too. That or she's a spy, but I, they're definitely leading up to something bad happening with her. Yeah. No, it's something that's going to be like, let's just say it, it was misunderstanding or she'll treat it that way. Like I didn't think this was going to happen. But yeah, I, I think because, you know, especially when it's just like, you know, after Jaeger tells her that she comes back with, yeah, because you won't let me understand or in so many words, you won't let me. So it's like, yeah, there's there's some. Deep-seated feelings that are starting to brew between the two. Absolutely. There's there's anger, hatred, fear. Aggression. You know what this leads to, William? The Jedi craves the, not these things. The dark side. <laughs> That's pretty that good, perfect, Tom. Tom. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. But, uh, yeah, I think it'll be very interesting to see the conflict that they are clearly, clearly setting up Yeah. with, with Tam as she's getting more and more jealous and upset that Kaz has free free reign. Also, Kaz doesn't do a very good job. I mean, of of hiding what happened. I mean, he shows up and says, "Oh, I just took the the um, the fireball out for a joyride during Traded. a first order mm-hmm. lockdown." Okay, uh, and then when questioned about what happened to BB-8 and why he already has now has this new droid called CB-23, 
uh, he's like, oh, I just had to take BB-8 to Takodana for some repairs. Wait, why? Takodana? Why would you go all the way out there? Yeah. And during a first order lockdown, that makes no sense. And you come back with a Tuka doll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're still clutching. Dramatically. Yeah. yeah. You didn't used to be dramatic like this, Kaz. What happened? Yeah. And then, of course, you know, even Yeager, he immediately pulls Kaz aside in front of everyone else and yeah. tries to debrief him. So I, uh, they're not doing the best job of hiding things. I, I do think Tam will be... She'll be getting very, very suspicious. It'll be interesting to see if she maybe teams up with Tora or, you know, could could Tora be the spy like you've been theorizing, Stephen? I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to find out. Mm. Yeah. We're getting close. Yeah, it's moving at a fast pace now. Because you got to look at it this way. By where they're pacing, they can't slow the story down. They, they have to at least keep it at the same pace or speed it up a little bit more. How many episodes are left? This is which one? Only four. I think it's four. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's going to be racing to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, race. Uh, there's racing on the platform. Oh, good. Tom. Even Peel saw that one coming. Uh, boy. You know what? No. We don't serve your kind here anymore, Tom, okay? <laughs> That's all right. I'm going to go to the bar. Remember, I'm going to cosplay that guy one day. Yeah. <laughs> Nancy's <laughs> tavern. Um, I have to say though, I have to give the uh, the artists uh, props. That sunset at the very end, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful. Uh, very, very well done. I, I've got to say, when it comes to the show as a whole, it took a while to get used to this design. From what we came from, the Clone Wars to Rebels to this. Once you get into this design, it actually is pretty cool to see. And some of the stuff they pulled off has been very, very pretty. Absolutely, it's a, it's a different kind of style, but I think they've they've done a really good job with it. It works. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Yep. I, th- I think the biggest problem with this episode overall, if I was going to, uh, and we are, uh, you know, <laughs> re- re- review. If it. you were on a show that reviewed it for a regular, you know, occurrence, yeah, that that gives out a womp rat rating scale. Mm. Is that um, I don't feel like they really, a lot of the revelations are often things that we knew about. It's cool to see, like the Cord planet is cool to see. And I right. think we start to get hints that maybe they were having, you know, they were they were testing early versions of Starkiller base, uh, either building it or test firing it or both. Um, we get hints about, this mysterious planet that may or may not be connected to these, you know, the, the children from Tahar, uh, also cool. Um, but nothing is, is information we didn't already know. Like we knew that the Tahar was destroyed. We knew that Starkiller base, we know that it exists. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think they're, while they're having these revelations, they aren't, they aren't big revelations necessarily. Not necessarily no. bad either. I am enjoying them, and I think this episode did a great job of moving things forward even more and, 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 and moving the timeline up to now the day before Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if I was going to... Yeah. It remind. Did you ever watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., William? No. The Marvel show? It's. I'm starting to get some vibes from the first season of that show, which long time ago, this was like 
geez, a little bit. I don't even know how long ago it was. Long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, show comes out and it feels very uninspired to a lot of people. It's a team of people who are, you know, clean up and deal with all these little minor Marvel things and occasionally intersect with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but not in any big way. Um, and a lot of people had written off the first season because by, you know, it's a 22 episode season and by episode 15, literally nothing of interest had happened. And it turned out that it was really just biding its time and waiting until, uh, I think it would have been Captain America Civil War came out. And suddenly everyone was like, oh, and the show gets interesting. It starts dealing with the Hydra versus S.H.I.E.L.D. conflict, and it found its uh, it found its voice. And I'm, I get the feeling that, they, you know, they weren't waiting for Episode 7, because obviously mm-hmm. Episode 7's been out for a long time, but I think they were working and building up to it, and I think, I think we're just about there. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that we've gotten now, what, three, four really solid episodes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, has been awesome. Yeah, totally agree. It's it's a great sign for the show. Mm-hmm. It really is, and a great precedent. And I th- I think with the four episodes left, uh, it'll be just as I, I hope, uh, just as exciting. Yeah. So with, yeah. with that, Stephen, do you want to give your rating first? Yeah, I'll give my rating first. Uh, I think I'm gonna give it. Ooh, let's see. I'm gonna give it a seven and a half out of uh, ten Womp Rats. Um, same thing. It's just it was a solid episode. Like. They're continuing to give, you know, little bits leading up, going. Um, very sad goodbye to BB-8, who mm-hmm. I will miss on the show dearly. But uh, it's just, they're finding, I think they're finding their groove finally. And it, it definitely shows. Um, so yeah, I'll give it a 7.5 out of 10 Womp Rats. Uh, and mine, they're just going to be on the Colossus and they're going to wave goodbye to BB-8 because they didn't really get a chance to say goodbye. You know, it's very sad. <laughs> Oh, poor Womp Rats. Poor Womp Rats. Very um, sad. They shed many tears okay. for BB-8. <sighs> Can I go next? Of course. Go for it, Tom. Okay. Um, I'm giving this episode an 8.5. Um, I It's a solid episode. I really, really appreciate how they're picking up the pace. Um, so 8.5 is my rating. And my 8.5 Womp Rats are actually going to be in Kaz's room on the Colossus putting together a welcoming party for CB23. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's very nice. And, uh, very nice. And, uh, you know, I think I'll give, give it eight and a half as well. Honestly, a lot of that is just the fact that they're now almost up to force awakens. That's yeah. very exciting for me, but that was a well-made episode and they're, they're moving things along quite a bit. We finally get to see the moment we've been waiting for with BB eight leaving. And, uh, now I'm very, very intrigued to see where they they go next. I mean, at some point we'll see Hux's big speech uh, from Starkiller Base, so it's you know it's it's imminent. Maybe in the next episode or or two. Um, so we will we will see. But yeah, eight and a half Womp Rats, and my eight and a half Womp Rats are going to cling to the underside of the uh, of the fireball as it tries to escape the planet. Unfortunately, they burned up. Once it got into space, but you know they didn't mm. know that they're they're womp rats. They don't think that far ahead. Of course not. <laughs> of Why course would they not. do that? <sighs> yeah. Okay. So with that, I guess coming up on the uh, next Ion Cannon podcast, William, you want to take this? We've got Resistance one episode one, season one episode eighteen, the disappeared Kaz and Tora investigate the disappearance of a friend 
and plan to free them from the First Order. Who do you think the disappearance of a friend could be? Tam. I think that's it. That would be interesting. That would be very interesting. You know, th- this is what I could see. I could see Tam going to the First Order to try to, to think she's turning in or saying something to the First Order, but they take it the wrong way and they actually arrest her instead. Mm. And she's going to be like, but why? I'm trying to give you information. And being the First Order is the First Order, they don't care. I think you could be right, sir. This could go either way. Indeed. This would be exciting. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. I uh, Very exciting stuff. Man, the show just keeps going faster and faster we also Mm -hmm. don't have any uh we don't have any episode descriptions for the remaining episodes so uh, Uh, very telling very telling and i apologize it's five episodes left not four i misspoke it's four after the disappearance william just i know which means even more happened but again this does not seem like a low-key episode at all sounds Like they're really accelerating. So I'm very, very glad that they have reached uh, The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. If we don't see Hux's speech in the, the next episode in The Disappeared, it'll probably be the one after that. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we will be back next week with our review of The Disappeared. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, IonCannonCast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at IonCannonCast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.